Well, hey, everybody, and welcome back to the West Side at Home podcast. This is Dave Steimers with you, and it's Monday, Thursday. Well, I'm not sure what day it is for you when you're listening to this, but if you're listening to it on the day that we have published it, it's Monday, Thursday. We have been moving through Holy Week, and I hope that you've been able to grab onto some of the resources that we've put out for you to help you work through the week and prepare yourself for Easter weekend. We've got a lot going on Easter weekend. Uh, on Good Friday, we'll remind you, 10 a.m., we're doing a, a Zoom call communion, which I, I hope will be a powerful and intimate time. We have Easter Sunday, our service at 10 a.m., where we'll celebrate the resurrection. And on Saturday, we have our drive-through food drive, which we really hope that you will join us in helping us make a difference as we support Hamilton Food Share that helps distribute food to many different food banks in our city that are doing a really wonderful job. So uh, if if you're up for it, we can in some sense be together, not just today, but Friday, Saturday, and Sunday celebrating Easter. So there's lots going on. We hope that you're going to be part of that and participating in those things. Today being Monday, Thursday... I want to talk about what that means a little bit. Uh, that phrase, Monday, Thursday. Monday comes from a Latin phrase that we would translate mandate. And it comes from the mandate that Jesus gave his disciples. And I think as Jesus was getting closer and closer to his crucifixion and wanting to make sure that uh, he got across the most important things he could to his disciples, there's some big moments uh, as, as we approach Good Friday. And one of them was uh, Jesus celebrating the Passover with his disciples, eating that meal. And in John chapter 13, we read that that was a time where he washed their feet. He served them in a very practical and loving way, in a a very um, service-oriented way. And after that, it says that he gave them a new commandment. This is what it says. This is the the mandate uh, from where we get the, the name for Monday, Thursday. John chapter 13, 34 says, a new commandment I give to you, that you love one another just as I have loved you. You also are to love one another. Now, when I read that, the first thing that I ask is, what's new about the new commandment? That you love one another? That's not a new commandment. That's an old commandment. You can find it in the Old Testament. You can find it throughout the scriptures. Um, You know, loving one another is, is a common and old commandment. So what is new? about this new commandment that Jesus gives. Three things that I can think of. First, it's a new standard, and that standard is Jesus. He says, I give give you this commandment that you love one another just as I have loved you. It's a reference point. Well, what is this love going to look like? What's the standard of our love? And Jesus points to himself and asks his followers or mandates his followers to love the way that he has loved. And how is he loved? Well, the closest referent point is in John chapter 13, him washing his disciples' feet. And what does that point us to? Well, it points us to Jesus as, and this is the second thing that makes this new commandment new, to love as a servant. Jesus as a servant, he he took uh, the, the role and the job of a servant, of someone who has virtually no status. And this surprises the disciples. And you can read that uh, on your own and, and they come back and go, well, what is this? And you can't do that. And all that. But that's the point. Jesus has humbled himself to do the job of a servant, to do a job that doesn't make a ton of sense to us. We don't wash each other's feet. But in a culture where you were walking around in open sandals in a very uh, um, 
dry, dirty climate, right? There's dirt on the ground all the time and you're getting dirty. This is just a really practical and dirty job that needs to be done. But Jesus is making himself the standard and making himself the servant and connected with what he's doing, washing their feet. When he goes in to explain this, he connects it with the fact that he's going to die for them. Jesus is the standard, Jesus is the servant, and Jesus is the sacrifice. And that's what he's pointing to, love one another as I have loved you. I am the standard, I am the standard, and the standard is the sacrificial servant who will lay down his life for the ones that he loves. This is the new commandment. This is the mandate that we remember on Monday, Thursday, just before and as we prepare ourselves for Good Friday and Jesus being executed on the cross. Now, this is something that when you read the Gospels, you realize in some ways seems very simple. And many scholars have noted that it's so simple that a child can understand that commandment. And yet it is embarrassing how difficult it is for adults. And we start with the disciples but we can't limit it to that. We have to bring it into our own context and think of ourselves, but how difficult it is for us to actually follow that kind of love or to even get on board with it. So if we go to Mark's gospel, one of the things that happens in Mark's gospel over and over and over three times is you can read when Jesus predicts his death to his disciples, that he is going to die. He's going to be crucified. Now, every time his disciples, the 12, don't seem to get it. They either reject the idea of suffering or or this self-sacrifice, or they start, they totally miss the point. They start debating about who's going to be, who's going to be ruling with Jesus, like who's at his right hand and his left hand, who gets a power seat. And, And Jesus, you just, you just... You can almost, like if you're picturing it, you see him shaking his head, like, you don't get it. I'm trying to tell you that I'm going to suffer and I'm going to die, that this is going to lead to my crucifixion, that instead of uh, grabbing all the power and just taking over, instead of being this violent military leader that many people expected, I'm going to give up my power in a sense and humbly, nonviolently go to the cross. And if you're going to follow me, you're going to have to take up your cross. And the men, the 12 disciples just don't get it. And eventually they're all going to either betray him or abandon him. But for Mark, there's this powerful moment in uh, Mark chapter 14 where uh, Jesus and his disciples, they're reclining at a table and there's women around and it says a woman came with an alabaster flask of ointment of pure nard, very costly. She broke the flask and poured it out over his head. So here's an unnamed woman. We don't know who she is. She gets no notoriety in terms of who uh, she actually is, but she pours this really costly perfume. And there were some who said to themselves indignantly, why was this ointment wasted like that? For this ointment could have been sold for more than 300 denarii and given to the poor. They scolded her, but Jesus said, leave her alone. Why do you trouble her? She has done a beautiful thing to me. Now, this objection, hey, we could have given this to the poor, actually sounds like a good one. Like, hey, we had this valuable thing. Why wouldn't we have sold it and given to the poor? Actually sounds fairly, very much like Jesus. But then we find out what is so important about what she has done. He says, for you will always have the poor with you. And whenever you want, you can do good for them, but you will not always have me. And then in verse eight, we get the key to the story. 
She has done what she could. She has anointed my body beforehand for burial. See, the male disciples, who always seem to miss the point, and often don't seem real bright, are now contrasted with the ideal disciple. This unnamed woman, and I think often the unnamed characters are unnamed so that we can picture ourselves um, as potentially being in that role or, or picturing that as an open role, perhaps, and wondering who will fill it. But she's done what they couldn't do. She got it. She anointed his body for burial. She was accepting the fact that he was going to die, what the male disciples could not do. She was willing to accept it. Here is Jesus, our standard, the sacrificial servant who's giving up his life, the nonviolent one who's going to be crushed by the violent oppression of corrupt politics and religion. They're going to kill him. And I believe him when he says that that's going to happen. And more, I believe that that is the way, that the way up is down, that the way forward is not an avoidance of death, but through death. It's an amazing thing. The very next passage, just a couple of verse, verses, is about Judas. It says, Then Judas Iscariot, who was one of the twelve, went to the chief priests in order to betray him to them. And when they heard it, they were glad and promised to give him money. And he sought an opportunity to betray him. Judas jump ships. He jumps to uh, what he thinks is the winning team. The other disciples, male disciples, will all run away and scatter. They will deny Jesus. But we will always remember this woman who anointed Jesus, his body, for burial, who realized this is the way. The way to life is not an avoidance of death or sacrifice or suffering, but through it. And Jesus is the one who will die for his friends, who will die for the world. Jesus is the standard. He is the suffering servant. And so we go back to the mandate of Monday, Thursday to love one another. It's the new commandment though, just as Jesus saying, I have loved you. That's how you love one another. And so as we enter into Easter weekend, what an incredible mandate for us to think of simple, a child could understand it, but embarrassing how difficult it is for so many of us to grasp that the standard of our love is Jesus, a suffering servant, one who would give up his life, sacrifice himself, humble himself to love in the most practical terms, his people. And that leads to making all people, his people. Verse 35, it says, by this, all people will know that you are my disciples. If you have love for one another, by this, the entire world will see true love, the love of God, because God is love. And they'll know that you're actually following me. If you love one another. So bear it in mind, as we head into uh, Easter weekend, we, uh, we're filled with gratitude for Jesus who shows us a love that we so often fail to live up to, but we accept and receive his forgiveness that comes from that self-sacrificing love. We see that clearly on Friday. We rest in it on Saturday when it's dark and confusing as our world so often is, when it doesn't look like it's going to quote unquote work. 
and then we celebrate it on Sunday. When we see the resurrection, when we um, have our attention once again turned to the ultimate victory of God, which is not a military victory. It's not political or religious in the sense of those who are uh, grabbing for power, and I believe those who killed Jesus, but instead it's the victory of love and life, resurrecting everything that is worth resurrecting. And that, that doesn't come through an avoidance of death or suffering or sacrifice, but instead through it. And so I wish you a really um, deep and profound Easter weekend. I hope that uh, Friday will be a time uh, of remembrance and having your attention turned to this great kind of love that welcomes us and also challenges us. I pray that on Saturday, you uh, might even be welcome to sitting in confusion and to reflecting on the confusion, uh, so much of it that we've had in this past year and even present time of what's happening in the world and how difficult it is, and the experience of even knowing what it's like to not know what's coming, and sometimes to have to learn to trust when uh, things just look so bleak, and then to be restored by the power of the resurrection on Sunday. And to know that everything that matters, everything that is good, everything that is worthy of life is resurrected in Jesus. And one day what God has done in Jesus, he will do in the entire world as he recreates the new heavens and the new earth and makes all things good. Good.